everyone, and welcome to episode 6 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. In this podcast, we share our opinions on games and movies we are currently enjoying. My name's Barry. My name's Craig. Let's get comfy during this COVID-19 <laughs> quarantine and get into the news. It burrs. So, uh, I'll just start off with the first one I think is most important, which is the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller has been revealed. Yeah, the Batarang. That, at least that's what <laughs> it looks like, right? Yeah. Um... There isn't much to go on because we we don't have this controller in our hands. We have not used it. Other major outlets have, of course, so you right. can look at them. But on um, on first picture, the only part that worries me is it looks like the the regular PS4 controller, the ends that you kind of put your palms into to have the controller sit there. It feels like they're longer yeah. on this controller, at least based on that picture. And it just... I don't know. I think it looks stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, they they put that white and blue one out there, like first and foremost. But they have a black one, which you know is going to be the one that comes with the actual console. Yeah, you know that white, released, you know, an all white one, right? White. Yeah, maybe like a first edition. If anything, it looks more like an Xbox controller now. I think. See, and I and I don't even feel like it looks more like an Xbox controller, just because me looking at it, I just. It just looks like a PS4 controller with the the ends of the controller look longer. That's all it looks like to me, at least. Yeah, and they still refuse to move the left analog stick up. Uh, which, to me, I, I know some people like having both analog sticks right next to each other, but I still prefer having one higher than the other. It just seems more comfortable. Yeah, like a pro gamer like myself, I have <laughs> elite controllers for my PlayStation, so I can switch it and have it higher if I want to. Right. But... Uh, yeah, I've the PS5 controller. I do hope they fix the color scheme. I'll admit the one they revealed, I think, just doesn't look like the color scheme doesn't look as nice. I've seen a lot of fan made ones, yeah, uh, that look really, really nice. So I just hope that you know the black one's all black, yeah, because it's simple. It's not going to get a lot of dirt on it, and it can take a beating, which probably these consoles will take. And PlayStation and Microsoft have both been pretty good about color schemes, so I'm sure they'll have a bunch eventually, but. And also, I think a lot of people are using pro controllers now, so it may not even matter. Yeah, uh, I I did not see whether or not it was confirmed if it had back buttons or not. I know it has the vibration, the haptic feedback. I do know the L2 and R2 are like longer and caved in a bit more. So it feels like pulling a, you know, pulling the trigger of the person you're shooting in Call of Duty. A little (laughs) violent to say out loud, but. Right. If they could uh, fix. You know, the PS4 controller right now, anytime I set it down, the L2 and R2 get pushed in. So if that fixes that problem, that'd be great because that's real annoying. Oh, okay. I never know. I've I've never considered that a problem before. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of just give us the look of the console at this point. Like they've done everything but price and, and what it looks like is all we're waiting on. Yeah, I guess I guess for the most part, they're just trying to figure out whether or not there's going to be a delay on this console because I imagine they don't want to reveal it and then go, oh, it's been delayed. Yeah, you know, yeah. Reveal, date date it, and then have to delay it like three months afterward, I guess is probably what they're trying to not do. Even though they're out there saying that it won't get delayed, I have a hard time believing them. I'm with you there. It, <laughs> it's It seems hard when everything is getting delayed and, you know, Ghost of Tsushima is still kind of in the wind or up in the air. Yeah about whether or not that game is going to come out in June. But on a, until then, we wait. On a side note, 
on stuff getting delayed. Did you see the little info about last of us that I know we had talked about it last week, how it got delayed indefinitely. And I want to say it was right after we recorded, I saw online that they had came out and say they were looking into other options to get it out to everybody as soon as possible. I I hadn't seen that. Yeah. What, what on the last of us and Iron Man VR topic, you know, I had no, I know PlayStation was refunding people digitally automatically for that game. Yeah. Which kind of goes along the line of, okay, if you're refunding people their money without like asking them, I have a feeling that this game is more going to be a PS5 thing now rather than a PS4. Yeah, it definitely could be. I just, it was kind of like a quick thing that I'm not sure who it was. It was somebody in Naughty Dog who said that they were looking into it and they didn't really clarify, but a lot of people are thinking maybe just a digital only release for now. I don't know, but that seems to be what people were discerning out of whatever cryptic message they put out there. Yeah, putting it on digital only would still get it in people's hands, which people would be happy about. But for me, I'm not about to spend $60 on a game. And then I have one of the collector editions with, right. uh, with a statue and such. So I just can't. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to buy the game twice. If they drop it digital, say they drop it in a month or two from now. Uh, would you cancel your bigger pre-order or just wait and try to avoid spoilers for who, who knows how long? It depends because this game is so big. I don't think I could avoid spoilers. I think right. with every gaming outlet, every YouTuber you know I watch would end up posting something about the ending. And I'd probably end up getting spoiled on it. And that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> right. I'd have to um, I'd have to go away from all social media until the game physically came out, <laughs> which nobody has a date for. Right. I, I mean, for me, I would just do it digitally because I don't have one of the bigger ones pre-ordered. But I, for somebody like you and probably a lot of other people, I don't I feel like you'd get a lot of canceled pre-orders then because they're not yeah. going to wait six months if they can get it tomorrow. Exactly. Yep. It, it's, it's interesting with that, like Last of Us 2, of course, is just, you know, one of their biggest titles that was supposed to be released this year. And... I, I just find the getting refunded automatically such a strange thing to do. I'm yeah. not sure if that is I'm not sure if that's how digital stuff works cuz I still buy a lot of my games physical almost all of them are yep, that I too. still own. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's interesting to see that and I was confused by Sony doing that cuz you think they just want them to keep their technical digital pre-orders so people don't forget, you know, that they bought it. But now that they've already been refunded their money, I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. And also, I had seen that uh, Cyberpunk had come out and said that they won't be delaying it because the game's already done. So I guess we're okay with Cyberpunk. <laughs> That's good. It's just going to yeah. depend on whether or not... I, I'm probably going to end up waiting for like the Xbox or PS5 edition to come out just because from everything I've heard, the reason they delayed it in the first place was because it didn't run very well. Yeah. on the current generation of console and i just don't want to have to deal with those issues so i, I would probably wait until i until the ps5 <laughs> or xbox came out i mean i think i have it pre-ordered for xbox right now and i'll probably keep it because the idea of getting the upgraded version for free is nice but realistically if i go through and beat cyberpunk on xbox one am i really going to go through and beat it again on the next console probably not unless there's nothing yeah. else to play 
yeah, those games that CD Projekt Red makes usually actually usually have a lot of stuff to do in them. Yeah. So it's probably a pretty replayable game. I've also cool. never beaten one the whole way through, like any of their games. So. Yeah, it it took me a couple of tries to get Witcher Three done, and it was multiple multiple tries. Where you right. know, I, I make you make a new file, and my problem is I just get lost in all the side quests. It's it's overwhelming know, side quest after side quest after side quest and it's by that time you're like oh well i'm i've burned out of the game already yep every time <laughs> any other uh outstanding news so pretty much what i've just been looking uh at news wise is google stadia is free for two months because yep. the service sucks and google's trying <laughs> to get people to use it i'm definitely going to check it out though if it's free i might as well try it yeah, I do know. I, I do know that it's free for two months, and then you have to pay for it afterward. But a lot of the games you're going to be getting are going to be the ones that you we we've already played. You know, there's Tomb Raider on there. I know there's Destiny, uh, which you know Destiny is like almost feels like a five year old game now. I'm not sure yeah. if Destiny Two is that old or not. Yeah, is there any other ones? Those are the two that I heard as well that were free. But there is there's an exclusive. Okay. Uh, to them that has a really good art style. I remember seeing it in E3, but I can't remember its name. Okay. And typing on my keyboard would produce uh, a lot of noise, <laughs> so I'm going right. to avoid doing that. Yep. But for free, it doesn't hurt to check it out and see if it's working well, if it's fun, you know. I don't know if you can hook up external controllers yet or not. I think so. I Yeah, I believe you can. And I also know you could use a regular keyboard and mouse. If, yeah. Uh, and because it's and it because it's this cloud streaming gaming thing doesn't matter how old your pc is you can just play it no matter what as long as you have a stable internet connection which is probably the hardest part for all of us right now yeah i mean that's that's good for somebody like me whose computer you know i built my computer like five years ago so it's due for an upgrade so a lot of the games when they come out on pc i just avoid because i know it won't run well or run at all so i mean if this was something that actually worked well and was worth the money i would be interested but it it doesn't from what i've heard yeah but uh and a lot of people are just afraid that google is going to like stop google stadia because they've been known for canceling things after they don't work for a while right so i'm interested to see the numbers if they go up for google stadia just because i know a lot of people are looking for more things to do now than ever yeah that's true with this quarantine going on so who knows maybe Google Stadia is about to rebound, and then after the two months, all of their subscriptions will fl- will fall down. So. <laughs> yeah, because nobody's going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know anybody that would. Right. On to the next one, which uh, we learned about this yesterday. Animal Crossing New Horizons for Switch is now banned in China. <laughs> yep. uh, it disappeared from the eShop. Uh, I've read a couple news stories. What happened was people... In this game, you can create your own messages and emblems and like clothes and that type of thing in this game. And people were using that pro editor feature in order to say bad things about the Chinese governors or something and stuff like that. So uh, China, known for quarantining their entire city, also quarantined the hell out of Animal Crossing. <laughs> I don't understand how that how that's supposed to work, because if people had already bought it, in China, it's not like they can't play it. I wouldn't think. Yeah, you can still play it, but you can't get it on the eShop. It's been taken out of all stores, so if you don't have it now, you're not going to get it for at least the foreseeable future. Right, unless you and, import it or something like that. 
Exactly. And then on top of that, too, uh, they, because they're so strict on the social media portion of things, if you were to post anything about that game that's even somewhat remotely politically related, I don't know what the Chinese government can do to you, but it's probably something not fun, if I had right. to guess. Yeah, they'll find you. <laughs> that's just crazy that they can do something like that just countrywide, you know, because we don't really see stuff like that here. But. That's just crazy just to completely say, oh, you can't buy it anymore. I would think, if anything, that would make more of it pop up. Maybe not in China, but maybe everybody else around the world. Yeah, I I feel bad for those people who haven't been able to get their hands on that copy in in China. But I I also don't get the point of trying to make a political message through Animal Crossing, (laughs) of all games. Right. But uh, who, who am I to judge? I don't know how things work there with here everything's used to make fun of our current president and current election so you know imagine trump trying to ban a game here i can't imagine the outrage that would happen yeah i don't think that would ever happen (laughs) probably not but it's it's still funny to think about yeah and last for news on my end is uh resident evil three the remake has been getting recently mixed reviews and i think it has a lot to do with people not understanding what this game is because i know we talked about it last week Mm -hmm. but resident evil 3 remake is not like the other resident evils where it's too where it's it's a longer campaign this one is more five hours and you get to replay it is going to be the big thing so i've I've been reading up on reviews for uh, for Resident Evil 3, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are upset because it's not Resident Evil 2 Remake. Right. Resident Evil 2 is always the better game out of those two. Uh, and also they put that multiplayer thing in there with it, I guess, to try to make the value there. Um, but maybe they should have released this at like $40 instead of 60 if it's so short. Yeah, like I, I definitely know for me, I'm going to wait until it's forty or thirty bucks. Yeah, uh, and, and it probably won't it. take long to get there. Yeah, two weeks from now, I'm going to go with this game is on sale, and you know maybe at maybe at forty five, I'm going to go within two weeks. It'll be at forty five. Yeah, could be. And then that's it for our new segment. We are now going to talk about the games we've been playing, which I actually have somewhat of a list here. Yeah, me too. Uh, with especially what we're going through but we'll start off with the main event here (laughs) and that uh craig and i have both been playing final fantasy 7 i know you thought i was going to say persona 5 royal but (laughs) you sure um, you don't want to lead off with that no we 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 can lead (laughs) off with final fantasy 7 because i've said a lot about royal last episode i'm just going to it's going to be a lot of the same so let's let's get into final fantasy 7 remake i i'm gonna amend my playtime is about three hours, two and a half hours is where I'm at with the game right now. Yeah. And I just, right before we hopped on here, I hit about six hours. Okay. So it's not, so the, it's not the 10 hours I wanted to get from, you know, I, I picked it up Thursday afternoon. So we're recording now on Saturday afternoon, but I don't, six hours is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I yeah. I wouldn't say it's terrible. Right. Uh, like for me, and I know we kind of have two different backgrounds with this game. I've never played the original. Yep. This is good. I, it's good because two completely different. You never played and I played it a lot. So it'll be interesting to hear your take more so than mine. 
Yeah, for me, my my experience with the Final Fantasy VII is I played Crisis Core on the PSP, which is one of my favorite games when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I know Crisis Core leads directly into the events of Final Fantasy VII in, in a lot of ways. So for me, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, I've there's not a lot bad to say about it. it combat is a lot of fun. I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it. Um, considering it feels a lot more simple than Kingdom Hearts combat, because this is, it's kind of a hybrid blend of Kingdom Hearts and having a tactics-based turn, turn-based type of combat as well. Yep. With, with it, it's really smooth. It's super pretty. Uh, the game is very loads ve- loads up very fast, at least for me. Mm-hmm. And the game, uh, the game just looks gorgeous. You're People walking around all have their own models of action scenes, of course, are done really tremendously. The only thing I've been running into with this game is uh, pop in textures with people kind of popping up right in front of me. Yep. Uh, and blocking background textures. I've had background textures, but I'm also not on a pro. I'm on a just an original PS4. So like a lot of the backgrounds when I walk into a building will be very fuzzy for about 10, 15 seconds before they load in. Yeah, in the um, and this isn't a spoiler, I don't believe, but Cloud gets an apartment, mm-hmm. and I'm walking past these doors, and the windows and everything are all rendered, you know, correctly. But then the door is this weird fuzzy texture <laughs> when it has the, it's because it still hasn't loaded in, right for it. So I'm interested to see if whether or not these it gets worse or better when the game starts to, of course, ramp up its more action-paced set pieces. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the characters, I think, are all pretty cool. Cloud, of course, is, you know, your, your suave, calm, no matter what the situation is type. And I like how everybody thinks he's cocky, yeah. which is just kind of funny because of his, his attitude just... I don't think it exudes cocky, but it is confident. Yeah, they kind of ramped up his attitude. Uh, It wasn't (laughs) as out of control as it is in this one, but it's not like in a bad way. They just make him very, very cocky. Yeah, but those are kind of my original impressions for right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. You go ahead. You're on chapter two? Three. 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 You're you're in the, the town. Yeah, I'm in the slums, correct. The slums, okay. A um, couple things, like I was trying to write down some stuff from my point of view that I remembered from the original game. Uh, there's a couple things in there. The very, very beginning cutscene, uh, which is pretty close to the original cutscene from the PlayStation 1. But there is just a quick, like they do a lot of quick things that if you play the original game, you'll see and recognize, which I think is very cool. It's kind of like when they remake a movie and they kind of add in a little Easter eggs here and there. Okay. So the very first opening scene where they kind of it has the bird or the eagle flying through and it goes through like the slums and all that kind of stuff. And there's some kids playing on like a slide. And that slide in the original game is where there's a pretty important conversation that goes down between Cloud and Tifa, uh, which was kind of cool to see that slide. I'm assuming they'll probably go back to it later. I just haven't gotten to it there yet. Um, there's the other one I noticed was right. I think right after, if you played the demo right after where the demo ends and you get out of the reactor and you're kind of making your way back to the train to leave, 
your first uh, conversation with the flower girl. I don't know if they actually think her name is kind of question marks when you first talk to her, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I don't remember. Yes, but it's it's Aerith. But that whole conversation and I could be wrong and people can correct me on this later, but I'm pretty sure it's word for word from the original game, which was kind of cool. You got to Tifa's bar then, right? Seventh Heaven. Yes, correct. Okay, Uh, the the pinball machine in Seventh Heaven. That is the trap door, which I haven't gotten to go down yet, but you do go down in the original game is you know the same thing from the original game they use that same pinball machine uh one of the drinks when you're going when you first talk to tifa which i don't know if you've gotten to that point yet she kind of makes you a drink uh she calls it the cosmo canyon which is a area from the original game much later which was kind of cool to me uh the materia but you should have materia right it's all like kind of blurring together when you get certain things but I appreciated that the different color materia in your equipment and in your sword and like in Tifa's gloves is accurate to the colors that you have put into them and like the cutscenes and that kind of stuff. That yeah. to me is a nice little touch. And then the big one for me is the three characters in Avalanche, which would be uh, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse were kind of, I don't know, they were almost like they were there in the original, but they were a side note because you don't spend a whole lot of time in that city. So it's nice to have them get this big, like fleshed out story behind them. Uh, Cause they were cool characters in the original, but you only spend maybe an hour or two with them. And now you're getting to spend, I'm assuming probably 40. Uh, but they do. The gameplay has been, has been great. I do think, and this is probably a question for you. I do think the the gameplay is better than kingdom hearts three. In my opinion, I think it flows better. Yeah, there there definitely isn't as much to manage uh, right. like all at once, which is what makes Kingdom Hearts combat a bit more fun for me. I kind of like the chaotic feel mm-hmm. that everything's happening in real time. The moment you have an ability gauge in Final Fantasy VII Remake, it slows down time. So it gives people right. a lot more... Um, and a lot more time to think what their next move's going to be. For me in Kingdom Hearts, it's everything's happening in real time. So mm-hmm. sometimes you have to plan, you know, three moves ahead. Where in, and I think that's why they did Final Fantasy VII Remake this way, because it used to be turn based. And when you do have an ability gauge to use, you have that option to slow it down. and kind of take your time to figure out what move you want to do next and i feel like they do a good job as as you get farther on into the game they do add more things in there and they you know do it slowly so that you can get a a handle of it so now i'm at the point where you know i can i have three people in my party uh you know cloud barrett and tifa and when their gauges fill up you know, I have, you know, when I first start a battle, the first thing I always do when Cloud's gauge fills up is I use uh, Assess. And I'm not, you should have Assess, I think, right? Yeah, I just started using it. Yeah. So I'll, you know, you only have to use it on an enemy one time. And then if you see them again in another battle, you can hit the uh, middle button on the PlayStation controller and it'll bring up, you know, what their weaknesses are and all that kind of stuff. So I'll immediately hit assess, you know, you hit the left or right on the directional pad, switch over to another character. Um, for me, Tifa is my magic. 
you know, she does a lot of the magic. So I'll switch over to her, throw off like a fire spell or an ice or, you know, blizzard or whatever. Then I'll switch over to Barrett, who's my long range and do his ability and switch back to cloud. And you have, you know, if it's a longer battle, you have your limit break that fills up, which is from the original game. So you can pull out your limit breaks. And then also you have uh, summon materia that you get later as well. So you can bring in, you know, the bigger monsters that help you out in battle, which is also from the original game. So there's a lot of now that I'm in the groove, you know, hitting mashing the square button to attack to build up your meters and then you're shooting off magic spells you're bringing in summons you're using your materia it's it all flows very well it just takes a little while for them to give you all that to use so i think when i first started the game it does seem a little simple but they do ramp it up which is nice yeah i i think it's going to be fun to start using the summons i got the deluxe edition so I'm going to have this cactar summon that I'm going to have uh-huh. to figure out what the heck I'm going to do with it or when <laughs> I ever get to use it. Right. You should be getting it probably next chapter, I think, is when they drop that in. Okay. With, yeah, with Final Fantasy VII, like with me never playing the original, I'm definitely enjoying the experience uh, just for me right now. And as most people know, I'm trying to split my time between Final Fantasy VII and Persona Five. <laughs> Which is a bad well, idea. It is. It's a very bad idea. But they are two very different games, which is why I think I can enjoy them both separately in, yeah. in how they in how they play. It's been really nice to see the scenes that I expect to see that were in the original game and then all this extra stuff that doesn't seem like it's just been kind of tacked on to extend the game i mean some of the side quests we were just talking about before we started about finding the cats like some of that stuff is you don't really need in there but a lot of it has been nice it's just giving you more of a backstory into these other characters that were you know had maybe 10 lines in the original game it's been cool and jesse's great i love jesse so yeah i haven't gotten to know as much about jesse uh from what biggs had said he's probably she's probably more of a inventor type thing mm-hmm. but with a couple things like wedge uh, i'm calling out right now he's gonna die i'm sorry <laughs> but he came up with the line with one mission complete zero people lost come on that's a death flag <laughs> uh it, it at least in my eyes uh it, it's a death flag and what i was having a lot of fun with in this game and final fantasy 7 is probably the only game where i know so much of like the tracks in the game mm-hmm. because they're so they're so monumental in gaming in general that you've heard these tracks somewhere if you're a gamer. And yep. during the fountain set piece where you're fighting all these guards and I got to use my first limit break and the uh, the the music from the original game starts to swell up. Of course, it's re-recorded, so it sounds a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I've, you know, I got back out of my seat and I leaned forward because I'm getting into the game now. It's uh, <laughs> yep. Cloud feels like this overpowered soldier compared to the uh, Shinra soldiers, yes. which I think is why I'm having so much fun with it. The moment before you hop on the train, you're surrounded by enemies, and I'm and I'm thinking in my head, heck yes, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to mow down all these people. Mm-hmm. And there's this satisfaction between going between Punisher mode and I can't remember what Operator. I stand operator that's it between regular and your operator mode uh 
Like, if, if you can nail it, you know, you can finish off an enemy, turn into operator mode, guard, stagger the other enemy, and then mm-hmm. get out of operator mode to, like, pull out a move and or, like, move toward another enemy. And when you're hitting all of that, it is just... It That's reminds really me of Kingdom good. Hearts, where yeah. it's, uh, how it's so much fun to start really hitting your stride. And this is combat in the early game. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that further <laughs> into the game... I'm going to start getting more tools to my uh, to my repertoire to make this to make the combat even more fun. I yeah. am I am biased toward the Buster Sword, so <laughs> having any other sword feels taboo to me in a yeah. lot of ways, and that's probably because of Crisis Core that I feel that way. Right but, now, they have like there is other swords in the game. I am using another sword, but the ability to upgrade your your weapons is pretty cool and i don't know if they you've gotten to that point yet or not because again everything runs together these past couple days but they give you the option like every time you level up you get points that you can put back into your weapon and the cool and the cool thing is is that every time you get those points it goes to every weapon you have in your inventory not just the ones you have equipped so for me right now i have two swords for cloud but i'm still upgrading that one I'm using and also his original buster sword because it makes it, if you really wanted to keep using it, it's still a viable weapon. It's not something you're going to get rid of immediately like you did in the original game. Okay. It's because it adds like attack power, defense power, HP, all that stuff. And then once you finish, there's like a little circle that has like four or five things you can upgrade. Once you finish that, there's another circle that opens up and it just keeps going that way so that it just keeps getting better and better as you get higher levels. So it's cool that they're allowing you to do that. Yeah, I'll have to look into whether or not it actually shares, because I know it with when I upgraded his Buster Sword originally, I put the 100 plus health, and when I went to the other sword, it took away that 100 health. So I'm not sure if, from my yeah. point of view, I don't know if it actually like carries not, over. It's, from not, weapon to weapon. it's not like... If you if you do the 100 HP on one sword, it doesn't do it for both. But the upgrade points that you get, you get the same amount for both. If that oh, okay, I understand. So that. if it costs you like four, I think in the original circle, it's four points to upgrade. And like say when you level up, you'll get six upgrade points. You get six for each weapon. Which okay, is I got you. Yep. But as of right now, me being super nervous when I started playing it that it was going to ruin, I guess my what was that early teenage years it's doing a very good job for me right now so as long as they don't mess up the ending or something major this is going to be a a, one of one of the better games this year for me for sure yeah the ending in any game is paramount so it's gonna and because we know there is another like part two to this game eventually coming out at least i'm interested to see how they end yeah yeah where they end what they kind of leave as like a cliffhanger it's going to be interesting. But as of right now, it's been fantastic. Yeah, and both based off of both our opinions, uh, hopefully next week we have a bit more to say, if we have anything else more to say. But it's, I think it's definitely a buy from both of us right now. Yeah, and I I don't want to say that I'll have it done by next week. That seems pretty ambitious to get through it all in a week. But maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm. if anything, I'm hoping to have reached the 10-hour mark by the end of next week. I, I probably should be able to do that pretty easily, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how much I'm playing of Persona 5. But right. 
where um, I- I'm enjoying the game, and I'm definitely going to try to continue to make time to play it because I want to I want to share my opinions on the game based on what you've shared yeah. with yours because yeah. you're coming from a place of nostalgia, and I'm coming mm-hmm. from a place of not as much. And I will say, too, I found out pretty quickly when I picked it up on Thursday, I had told my family, like, hey, you know, Friday, I'm going to put in I'm going to play all day to get as much as I could done. And I realized pretty quickly that I'm past that point in life where I can sit down for eight hours and play a video game. I just can't do it anymore. Uh, I reached about three hours in and I was like, man, I need a break. My eyes hurt. <laughs> so I'm just too old for that anymore. Yeah, you're an old man. You're, yep. you're an old ga- You're an old, old gamer now. I can't just power through anymore. See, and my problem is, and this is the perfect segue now that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. is I realized how badly I'm back into Persona <laughs> on Monday when mm-hmm. I just, I came back from work and all I did was play that game and I look at the clock and I went, crap, it's 9 p.m. Uh, <laughs> and you started when? What time? Uh, probably around 3.30. So <laughs> it's just a full straight six hours of that game and i definitely played about closer to eight hours probably and uh in a full day with that game but that's why i put it as a buy last week and if it solidifies anything else if somebody's thinking about trying persona 5 and it's only available on playstation so you xbox nerds you know you're just gonna have to sit here and listen to me it's the same Um, thing with final fantasy you can't get it on xbox either yeah and the only thing we're playing on our Xboxes is Warzone. Yep. Which we'll get which we'll get into later with it. But Persona 5 Royal uh it it feels like a brand new game in a lot of ways. I know a lot of the story beats already, but this game has dragged me and grabbed me in its clutches again and I am just playing it nonstop when I'm not playing Final Fantasy 7. If for me, this is this deserves all of the praise that it's getting right now from Metacritic and all the other people, from uh from from review sites. If a hundred a hundred hour RPG is very daunting to a lot of people who have never played this series of game, and f- for me, it's if I'm so invested in the characters and I'm spending my time and how much fun the combat is now that I'm more adept to it at now that this is kind of my second playthrough of final fantasy uh, sorry wow <laughs> uh i was about to call it final fantasy 7 5 yep. 7 5 but <laughs> but persona 5 royal it's it's great it's it's because i haven't beat it in three years since the original came out which i'm pretty sure is i think it's been three years since the original came out uh, this is I can already solidify this on my top ten as a top five game without question. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- even looking at what might be coming out later this year, there's plenty of games that could still find a way. But this game, this game has solidified its place in a top five spot for me. For the can year. you? I can almost just hear heated arguments in December for us between you trying to get this in number one and me trying to get Final Fantasy up there. <laughs> See, and I'm saying, and I'm saying, Persona Five gets the fifth spot because okay. I want to have flexible room with yeah. uh, with the game because I I have a feeling Final Fantasy Seven is going to be in my list somewhere, right? Um, 
but it, it's quarantine time. There is no better besides Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. People who are just staying at home looking for video games to play. Persona Five is a hundred hour JRPG. If you want to lose yourself to and give this game a shot, you get Persona Five Royal. Don't cheap out and get the twenty dollar Persona Five. Get this version. <laughs> right. It is the quality of life things that it does. Whether it's uh, with com, for example, in combat, if you get your oh boy, I'm going to start getting into specifics now. <laughs> You spend time with your partners and they give you abilities in uh, when you're going through the dungeon crawling type of type of gameplay. One of your one of the abilities you can unlock will allow you to if an enemy is weak and the game knows you're going to kind of beat it in one turn, it'll skip the fight, give you XP and give you the the item. So that's incredible. And that's not something a lot of these JRPGs do, even if it's a really weak weak enemy you still have to fight them which takes up time mm-hmm. and persona 5's like you know what if you're if you're op is heck right now go ahead and mow them mow them right over yeah so that's a quality uh, of life improvement that you would want to see in pretty much every rpg going forward yeah uh and especially turn-based ones like for final fantasy 7 like this wouldn't work because yeah. it's because it's an action non-turn-based in in a lot of ways but there the gameplay itself is addicting with persona 5 and i've put in i think i'm at 30 hours okay uh 30 hours in one week right yeah just about <laughs> that's crazy also i was just thinking about for a game like this to come out and final fantasy to come out at a time when we're all stuck at home if you think about the games that have come out recently they could not have come out at a better time because if you're into RPGs, you got two fantastic ones to choose from. If you're not into RPGs, you have animal crossing. And if animal crossing isn't your thing and you just like to play shooters, you have, you know, a very, very good battle Royale and call of duty right now. And also good multiplayer. So like these all hit at the perfect time when everybody's looking for games to play inside. Like there's literally something for everybody right now. Yeah, and I think games companies kind of know, knew that. You know, Square Enix didn't delay their game because one, yep. I don't think they could afford to delay it again. Yeah. After after all that, and two, gaming now is more important to a lot of people than ever before. I've so many more people now are buying systems and buying video games, and right now, like f- for me, the PS4 just has has it all right now. Mm-hmm. If the only thing it doesn't have is animal crossing all of the other games we're going to talk about like today you can get on ps4 but on xbox you can't get final fantasy 7 until next year right yep and with persona 5 that's not coming to xbox at least as far as i know right yeah they kind of have a stranglehold on the rpg market yeah and i think it's because xbox is so focused on the next generation of console Mm -hmm. that ps ps ps4 and playstation in general has kind of just had right now this year by the ropes uh yeah. for, for xbox and It'd be a fight between them and nintendo right now probably yeah considering animal crossing is such a time waster and i will say i know i said animal crossing's a buy mm-hmm. i haven't played that <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of and, fallen by the wayside for you 
yeah, probably until I finish one of these two games, I'm going to come back to my island. There's going to be a ton of weeds all <laughs> over the place, but um, I'm going to try to make time to to play that game maybe for half an hour before I go to bed or something like that. Yeah. Uh, in order to try to keep myself in the gameplay loop and not, I guess, kind of fall behind everybody else, even though I technically am. Yeah. Why don't we get uh, Subnautica out of the way? Yeah, sure. Uh, I know we've kind of had a talk about this yesterday with Subnautica. I am respectively one hour in. Yep. And you're about, what, an hour and a half, two hours? Yeah, about two hours. I played it a little bit again yesterday, so about close to three. Yeah, the game conveniently gives you your play time. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're figuring, we're, we know pretty much exactly how much we're playing. And mm-hmm. Subnautica right now, I know what it's trying to do. It's trying to be a water Minecraft in a lot of ways. It's how it feels to me. Yeah, I kind of feel like, whereas I never got into Minecraft, but I can understand, you know, everybody who likes it. I think if I were to had to choose between this and Subnautica, I would probably go more towards Subnautica just because even though it doesn't tell you what to do, you know, your objective is for the most part right there because your ship that you, you know, left on an escape pod is right there when you first start like it's right there you just can't get to it because there's radiation so you know end game you need to figure out a way to you know have some sort of suit i'm guessing that can prevent you from getting radiation so you can get back onto the ship uh, and probably make repairs to the ship i'm assuming because they don't tell you anything but if i had to choose that's the one i would choose because at least it gives me something to shoot for whereas every time i've played minecraft it's just kind of eh, just go build yeah, I, I guess for me, I, I'm not hating my time with Subnautica, but I am having a tr- uh, like a struggle getting through to it. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of room for storage in a way, and I really wish the game would open up by telling you, or like, you have this computer AI thing that can tell you stuff. I really wish it would tell me what these creatures are, what I should even be looking for. Because mm-hmm. I'm swimming up to fish and hoping I can grab them. Some of them you can't grab. Right. Some of these other fish, you know, attack you and you have no idea. Yeah. Uh, like for me, I my problem with the game is I'm getting lost very easily. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going to the bottom of the ocean floor and picking up all this stuff. But then when I go back up to my ship, I have no idea what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And nor do I have the space to put it anywhere. I noticed like the first thing I did is I... You know, you can repair some stuff in the ship, which I did. You can craft a repair tool. But the first thing I did is I went into the, I forget what it's called, but where you kind of craft everything. Yeah. And I looked at everything I needed and I was like, oh, I got to get the fin so I can swim faster. I got the uh, air tank so I have longer underwater. And then I noticed, hey, there's a bigger air tank, which will probably help me get to the areas under the water that are really far down. But I don't know where the uh, materials I need for it are. So like you can, I crafted, there's like boxes that'll float in the water that you can store items in. Uh, I had crafted that. And then there's also like an air pump. So I was like, Oh, I can craft an air pump and then you can craft tubes that you can connect to the air pump and just go farther and farther underneath the water. And then you can just go up to the last tube and it'll refill your oxygen tank. So that's about where I got to. And after I figured all that out, I was like, all right, this is like 
this is almost too much. It's overwhelming trying to figure out what you need to do next. Yeah, and that's and that's my problem with more or less the game is that I'm I'm having trouble figuring out what I'm supposed to be doing because I I just wish it would like up on your HUD it would tell you like oh here's this item this is what this looks like at least at the beginning to get you familiar yeah because like I'm swimming into just areas and I'm hoping to God that you know my little reticle shows me <laughs> that something's in front of me or anything like that yep because much like much like how the cat quest in Final Fantasy VII, when you're going for these cats and you're looking everywhere for it, there is so much going on in the water that it's kind of hard to tell where anything is or what you can grab at even at a distance. You have to get up close to figure yeah. out if any if what you're getting is even worth it. I have been. There was a point where I was trying to craft the repair tool, and one of the items I needed to craft it, I could not find anywhere. And I had crafted uh, the knife because I think that's like the only really weapon you can have. And I was swimming around with a knife trying to find this last item that I needed that I could not find. And there's like an, at least for me, there was an area where there's, there's like a bunch of, they look kind of like weeds or whatever that come up from the ground underwater. And there's things that you can pick off of them but I was being attacked by a fish. So I swung my knife and it cut one of these weeds and that was the item I needed. But if you were to just swim by it, it doesn't tell you like, it doesn't even give you a reticle. It just, I just so happened to swing it and it cut it. And I was like, Oh, you got this. And I was like, how would I have known to do that? And I guess for some people, that's probably the fun of it. But for me, I was just like, this is more work than I want to put in when there's five other games I could be playing right now. Yeah, unfortunately for me, Subnautica for the time being maybe put on the back seat. Yeah, just due to just due to the games that we're currently playing and trying to get our opinions out of. So I'm gonna give it another hour. I'm going to get another hour in this. You should week. probably give it like five hours. <laughs> I'm, it's gonna be hard to get five hours in. I gotta play Persona yeah. and Final Fantasy. <laughs> yep, yep. I think also like branching off from Subnautica. I also played uh, Journey to the Savage Planet this week. Okay. Which they dropped on Game Pass. Okay, and, I didn't know that they dropped it yep. on Game Pass. And uh, that's kind of the same thing. Um, they, you know, it opens with you. They drop you on a planet and, you know, there's it has a lot of humor going for it. Whether or not you think the humor is funny is going to be interpreted differently by people. I don't think it's terrible. But you go out and they're like, hey, just go explore this planet. And some other stuff happens when you explore the planet. But what they're doing better than what I think a Subnautica does is they give you objective points on your radar to go for. Uh, So you're never, you know, you're wandering around exploring, but you know where you're supposed to go. And you're never lost. Right. And that's all I needed for me to, you know, I, I played, I think, four hours into it. And then obviously after that was the, that was the day before Final Fantasy came out. So I haven't gone back to it, but just the simple thing of it, putting an objective on the screen for me was enough for me to continue to play it and it, enough for me to stop playing Subnautica basically. Okay. But it's not a bad game. It's just more of that type of thing. You're getting things going back to your ship and crafting and continuing on that way. Like you can get double jump jet packs, that kind of stuff. So it's not a bad game if you're into that. I would say if you're if those kind of games interest you, go more towards 
Journey to the Savage Planet than I would for Subnautica, personally. Yeah, I've seen more gameplay of Journey to the Savage Planet, personally. Mm-hmm. And the humor and the objectives does feel like it would probably do a little bit better and resonate with me more than Subnautica's more serious, lost-in-the-woods t- <laughs> tone. Right. Yep. But it's subnautica isn't a bad game at all and i'm going to give it more time to try to have better opinions on it because even for me i haven't even repaired the toolkit yet i am just i'm i'm just underwater trying to find stuff that's <laughs> yeah. literally all i know that's literally all i know how to do i feel like you could play that game for like 10 hours and not accomplish anything and still be right back at the beginning yeah probably <laughs> but journey to the savage planet i would say is a you know, that's, that's, a, I don't know if it's a buy for me. I'd have to put more time into it, but that's a solid rent or checkout. It's on Game Pass. So give it a shot. Yeah. And especially with all the deals with going on with Game Pass, mm-hmm. you probably already have it or yeah. have Game Pass. <laughs> so you can probably just have it for free. Right. I will put more, uh, and I know it was just put on Game Pass, but I will put time into Bleeding Edge mm-hmm. uh, because it is, because it is a MOBA and it looks, interesting i'm gonna give it a shot even if i don't have friends who will play it uh it's just um it's a it's a new game and i i I should have time to try to sink three hours into it yeah i haven't heard a whole lot of good about it seems like everybody kind of checked it out and then bounced off it real quick so i i honestly have seen it you know every time i look at game pass to see what's new i see it on there and i'm just like eh, not today so maybe i'll get to it we'll see yeah one of the games I I'm in, I am interested in checking out, but it's a closed beta. It's Valorant. It's yes. like a mix between CS:GO mm-hmm. and uh, I, I guess I'd want to say kind of Overwatch type because each of the characters have their own like unique abilities to them. Yeah. So I was such a huge uh, Counter Strike uh, player when I was in college. So when I was in college, it was. Uh, uh, counter-strike source it wasn't even global offensive okay. and i i used to we used to have uh land parties on campus and i would go there from you know 6 p.m until i think it ended at 9 or 10 and then i would go back to my apartment and play until like six in the morning on the weekends <laughs> so like counter-strike was all i ever played so this definitely interests me i've been watching a lot of uh, people stream it just to kind of get an idea because you have to actually watch the streams in order to get, hopefully get a chance that a code will drop that you can get into the beta, which I have not gotten, but it looks very fun. It definitely reminds me of counter-strike. Yeah. I'm, I, I want to give it a shot. We just have to see whether or not we ever get uh, to the point where we can get codes for it. Right. But uh, people like game informer have put out like a two hour stream on it. Penguins Z zero on YouTube has put out a stream on it as well. It's a shorter video, but he has streamed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you, if you want to get an idea of how that game plays, take a look at those two. I'd say they're both pretty good ideas of what. Yeah. Of and what you, have, can be. you have streamers like shroud, who was a, you know, he's professional uh, counter-strike go player for a while and seeing him play it. And he's back into counter-strike mode and it's just ridiculously good. better than i would ever hope to be at that game but it's been fun watching them well it's because you're an old gamer now so yeah i know i can't play that long your reflexes aren't (laughs) as quick anymore that's true uh did you play anything else other than that we've been playing warzone season three just came out Mm -hmm. i i I did want to make the comment that i think quads suck yeah you don't have quads 
and then people were so angry about it that they added trios back like six hours later mm-hmm. and that's just funny to me because i can't imagine like that enough negative outrage must have come up from quads that they just went you know <laughs> crap just put it back in put it back in yeah we've been talking about it but how hard is it just to put all four up there, you know, solos, duos, trios, and quads, like just, just put them all up there. Cause there's probably people who still want to play quads who have, you know, I've had multiple instances where I've hopped on and before quads was a thing and there's been four people on and then one person just has to play by themselves. So it's nice having that option, but I would much rather play trios. But if, you know, a fourth person hops on, it's, you can just go right to quad. So I would hope they would keep both and also put in duos because, you know, you have, you and I have been yelling for duo since it came out. Yeah, because it would be it it would make things a lot better for us because we we enter games a lot, just us. And then our third person either never loads in yep. or they leave or they go off and do their own thing. And when in this type of game, kill time can be just so quick mm-hmm. if you're good at getting headshots that a 2v3 can almost just mean your death. Right. right off the bat mm-hmm. and everybody's getting so good at this game now that that's a lot of the times that's how it ends we got a win last night but we did because we're because yep. you, you know we do what we do you carried i'll admit <laughs> that but i did revive you so. i've also i've also noticed you know the general consensus is that the people who are cheating on Warzone are getting out of control right now and it doesn't seem like activision's doing a whole lot to stop them so hopefully that gets addressed because, you know, as I found out a couple of weeks ago, if you go in and try to turn off cross-platform play, it doesn't let you. So you're stuck with, you know, PC players, and that's where all most of the people who have hacks and that kind of stuff are, are playing. So it's kind of a bummer that you just constantly see people uploading videos of, I just watched one this morning, somebody who had, I think it was 49 kills in Warzone. He was, you know, oh, he was blatantly cheating. And there was, you know, he, there was a couple streamers who got killed by him. They uploaded the videos to their YouTube and Twitch and this guy still hasn't been banned. So it's something that needs addressed, or I think a lot of people will drop off because it's, it can be frustrating. Yeah. Cheating can really ruin any game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, just, just like with Warzone, you know, Infinity Ward, I know we're such an important podcast that you listen to us. <laughs> yes. Just put in duos and start doing what you need to do to stop cheating. Cause it's, it's probably easy enough that if you would probably just turn off the ability to play, like just put all the console players in one queue yeah. and put all the PC players in another with that option set. Yeah. There's going to probably be longer loading times and probably smaller lobbies for the game itself. Yeah. But I, Console players really aren't given a chance at this whole cheating thing because it's kind of hard. It's much harder to cheat on a console and with PC because it's a computer and all the downloads you can file and mess with the internal code itself. It's, it is so much easier to cheat on PC and even putting them in a different queue in their own different lobby may solve a lot of what they're running into. Yeah, could be. I mean, yeah, if you want to still have people who want to play against PC players, let them, but just let it, everybody else just play against you know xbox and ps4 play against each other seems pretty simple and then yeah, make, and take the lobbies down to 100 they don't need to be 150 
Yeah, especially not all the time, considering sometimes we're sitting in a lobby for five minutes waiting for it to get to 150, and yep. then it starts at 100 or 98 or 125 <laughs> right? or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I have two more games to get through. Okay, so, yeah, that's, that's what I've played this week. So. Okay. So I did try out the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Okay. Um, and I hate it. um i i didn't play any of the other ones so i'm coming from no experience with these games at all but just from what i played uh man the controls are terrible i don't know if they've always been that way have you played any of the other ones so i'm i'm of a person and it's the opposite for final fantasy 7 with us i've played the originals i've okay i i've played a decent amount of that game and i did like it when i was a kid right and I don't know. My issue, my issue is that like, you know, the dungeons, obviously it's kind of like almost like a Diablo, almost kind of like a Zelda, maybe original Zelda, but you, your controls are literally, you know, they almost, they recommend you use the D pad instead of the analog stick. And it's, you know, you go up, down, left or right. If you want to go diagonal, you have to hold a shoulder button and the other two D pad buttons to go diagonal instead of just making it a normal game where you can just move your character around with an analog stick. So like that was bothering me. Uh, I mean, the combat is, I guess combat. You just kind of walk up to the person and hit a to do your attack and then they die. So (laughs) um, (laughs) that's, and obviously I didn't put a ton of time into it. I played, I think the first three dungeons I was like, okay, I think I have a handle on this game and it's not for me. It seems like it, sold okay from what i can tell and it has okay reviews yeah the the pokemon dungeon series i do admit the controls you're explaining do sound like they were the same on the nintendo ds Mm -hmm. uh which might have been easier because it's a more portable console but the switch is portable too so that doesn't make any sense to make an argument about right i just i I just didn't it, it, it doesn't make sense to me why they would do that like make you have to go up okay now i gotta go left I can hold the B button and the direction and he'll dash in that direction until he hits a wall. So I can do that. But like, just let me have control. This is, you know, games have been out for a long time. Now we know how to control a character. Give me full control, please. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess the only thing that you haven't run into the game yet is the the story for the actual game picks up a little bit later. Mm -hmm. It's probably, it's not until you're maybe about, maybe five hours in i'm gonna say is until you start getting to those um the better story sequences i know when i played the game it was more along the lines of i got attached to the pokemon that they tell you you are right and then you pick you know your favorite pokemon and name it after your friend Mm -hmm. or something like that and play through the game that way and i've always had fun with it there yeah i enjoyed the i enjoyed the quiz at the beginning that they ask you a bunch of questions and it tells you hey this is the pokemon you're most like which is kind of cool. I ended up being an Eevee, so it's pretty cool. So you're an all-powerful being. Yeah. That anything. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, this is going to be, a, for me, a hard pass. Like, okay. I won't even touch it again, I don't think. Um, but I, I at least wanted to try it since I hadn't played any of the other ones. That yeah, way, I, yeah. I will be interested to see when I do eventually play that game. I just haven't played it yet because of the games that have come out 
whether or not um, our opinions may change a little bit. It'll be a lot later, so I'll just say whether or not it's a rent buy or, you know, not get at all. Yeah. That's that's an interesting opinion. I know a lot of people who like the Dungeon Series games, so. Yeah. And then the last game, this one's a doozy, and I don't know if you've heard the craziness going around, but have you heard anything about Cooking Mama Cookstar? Yes, I have heard of all the craziness about it, and it's one of the most fun things to follow. Okay, so for everybody who hasn't heard, this game came out, and I put that in quotation marks. It came out on the Nintendo shop uh, for, I don't even know how long, a day, maybe, if that. I don't know if you remember, but... It's a day, yeah, it's a day. It was up for a day. It got pulled off the Nintendo shop. The uh, the company that made it pulled it off their website. There was no mention to it. There was an official Twitter account for it that kind of, I guess, erased everything, I think. Um, but anyway, nobody really knew. And I've read so many articles. I, I just read one a couple of days ago where somebody managed to get in contact with somebody who worked on the game. And they anonymously said that there was issues with the company that owns the rights to cooking mama had come in when they were working on it. Didn't like the direction they were taking. Um, I don't know if they weren't supposed to release it and released it anyway. There's just so many things. There's that rumor going around. There's a rumor that they're being sued. There's a rumor that it was a game that was using the switches to uh, mine cryptocurrency I did hear about that as well. That one was the most fascinating. (laughs) But anyway, um, there's just so much going around around this game and like nobody could figure out what happened. Uh, There was, you know, physical copies that some stores had. I know like GameStop doesn't have it on their website anymore. Best Buy, Target, it's all wiped off their website. Like it never existed. The crazy thing is, is I had remembered a couple months ago saying that there was a Cooking Mama game coming out. And uh, back on the DS days, like my wife was huge into the Cooking Mama game. So I had told her about it. And the one day last week, I had randomly seen, I follow like uh, some things that some places on Facebook that'll tell you when games are on sale. Okay. And they had, they had randomly put up like, hey, this game is, I think it was $40 was the price for it. Uh, it was like, hey, this is on sale. It just came out, but it's on sale at Target for twenty nine ninety nine. So I told my wife, and she had, you know, she ordered it, and it went through, and we got it in the mail. And I told her, like after she had already ordered it, uh, like a day or two later is when all this craziness happened, and I was reading yeah. about it. And I told her, I was like, hey, you might want to hang on to this because I feel like in a couple of years or so, this may be one of those like ultra rare games that has such a crazy story that may be worth a decent amount of money. So yeah, hopefully enough to send your kid to college. (laughs) I don't know if it's going to be that much, but I do, (laughs) I do have a physical copy of it, which is kind of crazy because I never get lucky with that kind of stuff. So now I'm just going to hold on to it and see if the value ever goes up on it. Uh, The game itself is, I mean, it's a cooking mama game. There isn't too much different on it. There have been people said they uh, data mined the, you know, the info on the cartridge and found out that some of the music was, directly ripped from youtube <laughs> like they didn't oh, even have really? the right to it yeah so the whole thing's a mess but as far as i know like it seems to play the same uh the crypto mining thing i guess was false or so they're saying it's false 
Uh, my Switch did not overheat and blow up while I was playing it. So <laughs> as far as I can tell, it's a normal game, but it's just such a wild story behind it. And, you know, kind of cool that I have a physical copy of it. And may, who knows, maybe in a couple of years, it'll be worth a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, I'll start the bid at 10 grand for the game. <laughs> so if anybody wants to email us, yep, yep. Uh, 10 grand, you can have it right now <laughs> and we'll get it to you. Not a problem at all. I think it all comes down to just how many physical copies got out there probably. Yeah, and I know a mutual friend of ours also has the game physically. Okay. Uh, because they like the Cooking Mama franchise so much. Mm-hmm. So it's... Yeah, it didn't seem like it was hard to get for a day. I know yeah, that and- I know our local Target when I looked that day when I ordered it did have some in stock. Okay. So I don't know how many, but I I don't think it's going to be an issue where this is, you know, 10 years from now this is a game worth 10 grand. My guess is it'll be like 100 bucks or 200 bucks. Yeah, maybe if it all gets figured out and they re-release it, maybe it'll be different. Right, but uh, the the Cooking Mama franchise, it, all puns intended, there's a little heat in the kitchen right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Cooking Mama, we're gonna see whether or not it stays in the kitchen and or it gets out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's all I played this week. I just yeah, those that was crazy. Yeah, those are all the games we've played. Uh, looking at it now at the timer, we this podcast is going to be a little longer yep. than usual, but I guess it's because that's what happens when a major game comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now looking into movies and TV shows. Yep. So uh, for me, give, it to me. give me that. Give, give me that Tiger King. Let me start with okay. that. Okay. <laughs> so Tiger King, uh, I have it literally on my uh, script here as what a strange journey that was. <laughs> yeah. Um. Tiger King is full of this reality TV type drama that you can't believe is real. <laughs> yeah. In in a lot of ways. Looking back at the series now, I I don't know how nobody how more people had not heard of this. Yeah. The it must have stuck to just plain public news that this kind of thing happened and people in the area in the state know about it, but with all of the twists and turns and all the stuff that came out of this, I'm I just don't know how I didn't hear about it when this stuff was going on four years ago. Right. I think that the best way to sum it up is very early on, you know, the the one episode is about how Carol Baskins they allegedly fed her ex husband to tigers, right? And then like two episodes later, you totally forget about that. Because it's in a completely different direction. Like, it's just not important because there's so many other things going on. Yeah, and because and because it's just allegedly, they can't spend too much time on it. Because the, they right. don't have as much on that as they did with Jeff Lowe and that entire <laughs> GW's do fiasco. Yeah. Yep. It is... I, I'm not going to go out there and put any allegations against anybody for <laughs> for the sake of this podcast. Because... They all did crappy things. They did. That's that's all I know and that's all I've seen. But it it is weird that I've seen people uh, look look at this and go, oh, um, what's what's the name of the the GW Zoo owner? Uh, Oh, the Tiger King? Yeah, the actual Tiger King. I can't remember his name right now. That's hilarious that I can't either. Let's see. But him... (laughs) Yeah. As as a person, people are feeling apparently sorry for him 
because they feel like he was set up for murder by Jeff Lowe on Joe Exotic. getting Joe Exotics. I can't mm-hmm. believe we forgot his name. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But the the amount of social media that has come out of this is is nuts. I know a coworker of mine told me apparently that Donald Trump's kid had watched the series and had asked, you know, hit Donald Trump said, Oh, I'll look into his prison sentence or something like that. <laughs> like, like what? Yeah. I don't, it, he's definitely not my opinion. He's not innocent. Nobody's innocent in the, who is involved in this. They've all done pretty bad things, but I do believe he did get set up. And it, in a way it feels a lot like that. It's uh, I'm just waiting to find out, you know, cause it'll be national news this time. Now that mm-hmm. Tiger King has gotten so big that, okay, they're all going to jail. We just can't figure it out anymore. We're just going to send everyone <laughs> to jail. Yeah. And, or they all, they all get paid millions of dollars by a wrestling company to go all wrestle each other <laughs> and have that have that simp of a husband that Carol Baskin has. Uh, yeah. uh, he, he, he's the kind of person when I saw that picture of him in a collar and a caveman <laughs> outfit, yeah. I just, I just went, you, this, this can't get any worse for this man. No. Like you, I never let a picture like that of myself be put on the internet or put anywhere. I wouldn't even get myself in a situation to take that picture. No, <laughs> but it's, that show, if you haven't watched it, like you'll know within the first episode whether or not you like it. That yep. is without a doubt for sure. Eh, what a what a wild ride that was for three <laughs> days that I binged that series. That yep. was that was something different. Yeah, that's it, a wild story. There's so many twists in there. <laughs> it's just out of control. Uh, and and in a lot of ways, I'll mention this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself here. It brings me back to the days when I would go on MTV and watch those dating reality shows. And I can't remember, like, there was this one dating show, like, something trying to win a date with New York, New York. Mm-hmm. And I just, those old series, there was so much drama in them. And they that drama was staged. You knew it, you know, in order to pump up the views. Yep. But in, in, this, in this documentary... All this stuff is real. It's not pumped up for dramatic effect, which is the crazy part. Yep. You have, I mean, I would assume almost everybody has seen this at, at this point with everybody being stuck at home and literally everybody talking about it on social media. But you literally have murder, suicide, uh, arson, uh, extortion, murder for hire. <laughs> it's just like there's so many things going on. And then on top of that, yeah, there's, people running zoos as well so it just almost makes me feel like the tiger industry everybody involved is just a horrible human being yeah and even for the even for the person doc antle who was running like this wildlife (laughs) preserve sex sex ring (laughs) fantasy that all people want it was every character in that show was weird was different from anybody i'd know and in in today's world of media you see it all and then you see tiger king go what haven't i seen (laughs) it's true and how did we not hear about this yeah it's (laughs) it's nuts and i i will say to my next netflix thing that i'm going to watch and i'll announce it right now okay 
I've been told to watch Beast Stars. It is an anime CGI thing on Netflix. It's okay. about it's about animals and something. I'm afraid I'm going to be a furry at the end of this, so <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm subjecting myself to. In all honesty, but I'm going to take I'm gonna any do pictures. It. I'm going to do it for the fans. Okay. I'm, this is an audio recording podcast, so I don't have to worry about putting pictures up or streaming this in front of the entire internet. But yep. I'm I'm going to do it for for the people. It's, it's what I'm here for. <laughs> all right, I like it. <laughs> so Tiger King's a watch, though, for sure. Yeah, Tiger King's a watch, and now I am. I'm let gonna get, try to get keep this for this. Hold okay, on. yeah, because this this next portion here, I'm gonna try not to go on the biggest rant of my life about. Um, but as I mentioned in the in the last podcast, I have been watching Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated series for since Disney Plus came out, and I finally have rewatched enough of the episodes to have an opinion on this series in general and i know it's a little bit older but there is a new season that's currently airing mm-hmm. and if you're one of like the two people in the world that are listening to this and don't have a disney plus subscription uh i'm, I'm sorry but i guess i'm talking to the people with disney plus subscriptions here yep uh but for me and looking back at the series on itself there is a lot of filler of course it originally came out in 2007 so the animation is sort of cringy sometimes and sometimes the the lip flaps of when characters talk kind of fall behind of what the audio is <laughs> trying to say yeah but later in the series the the stories that this show tells i think is better than the movies in a lot of ways uh, and I like Star Wars. I really do. Uh, and I'm I'm a sucker for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'll admit it. Yep. But the the series itself does some of the best storytelling. I'll say I'll say it again that Star Wars has ever put out. And a part of me thinking of it really wishes maybe Star Wars wasn't a movie. Maybe it was a TV show that took it step by step mm-hmm. to tell all of these stories because i can't imagine if you were to make the current trilogy maybe into a tv franchise where you have more time to tell a story and get used to characters instead of just narrowing it down into three two and a half hour films probably on average yeah you would have gotten a lot closer to these characters and i've made a list of <laughs> okay. of arcs people should watch now I'll say you should try to watch of it as much as watch as much of it as you can mm-hmm. for starters. But the arcs that I'm going to mention are stories in themselves that you really don't have to watch the rest of it to understand. And in this show is known. It's not in chronological order. It's not starting at one point and ending at one point. It's jumping around in the time series of star wars and that's when it can get very confusing for uh for a lot of people especially when you're trying to do all of these skipping of episodes that uh people people want to do because like i said there are boring parts in here Mm -hmm. and parts that you can skip over but for me and i'll go over it there is a season on the planet of mandalore and the mandalorians themselves so if you're watching that series or watched it already and are wondering more about where they came from the death watch mini series on 
on Star Wars The Clone Wars is Season 2, Episodes 12, 13, and 14. And then in Season 3, they come back in Episode 5 and 6. Okay. Now, with all that... You should then go and watch, and I, and I'm gonna say it because I don't I don't care if it's a spoiler or not, but yeah, Darth Maul is still alive, right. and go straight in from that Death Watch series into the Darth Maul, where it's in season four, episode twenty one, season four, episode twenty two, and then it starts off straight into season five, episode one. They skip a couple. They they skip that for a little bit, and then in season five, his storyline ends in episode fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Okay. Uh, that if if you can go through that entire length, I think you'll find something. If you if you find something you like in that entire episode of series of episodes that I just mentioned, I think the series you'll enjoy. Now, the other ones I'm going to mention are sort of harder to get through because you want to get attached to these characters. The reason Ahsoka Tano is such a popular character in star Wars is because people who've taken the time to watch the clone wars really like the character that Ahsoka is. And for those who don't know, Ahsoka is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. And what the show does a lot better in this series than the movies do is showing Anakin's more slow turn to the dark side and why he did what he did. And these movies I feel like are 10 plus years old now. So if you haven't seen the original trilogy, cry me a river, tweet at me, do it. I dare you. Um, But there's, you know, there's an apprentice to count Dooku, which is Asajj Ventress. And she has her whole mini series in season three, episodes 12, 13 and 14. And then there's kind of an origin story of the force in a lot of ways in season three called masters of the force on episodes 15 16 and 17 and then there are some mini series that don't have anything to do that are just good storytelling in general is what i'm going to get at and there's the darkness of umbra series which is season four episode seven episode eight nine and ten and then it goes straight into what i call a kidnapped miniseries with anakin skywalker and obi-wan kenobi in season four episode 11 12 and 13 if you're looking to learn more about the younglings man i'm going on a rant this is bad people are gonna need a a notepad to write all this down yeah if (laughs) if you haven't already whip out your notepad and or Either that, or you can go ahead and tweet at High Sensitivity Gaming, and I will give you my list. Give me I will list. Post, uh, uh, and actually, after this, I'm going to post it to Twitter so people know there what they go. should be watching. And that way, for, forget the notepad. I, I Barry, will help you get into <laughs> Star Wars: The Clone Wars. You He's don't have you. to. You don't have to thank me in any monetary value. Just share the podcast. That's all you got to do. And <laughs> if you go. don't share the podcast, uh, I'm. You don't look at the list. I'm going to trust you. We're going to use the honor system here. There we go. I'm going to trust you <laughs> to not look at the list if you don't share the podcast. Yeah. For shame if you do and don't share it. Exactly. Um, and then if you're looking to get attached to Ahsoka Tano, I would say. And who this, isn't. Exactly. Who isn't attached at this point. Yep. Um. There is a mini series with younglings, which kind of goes into how the younglings get um, 
I'm trying to think of the best word for it. Murdered. Get their no, <laughs> no. Those are the Yinglings, all right. <laughs> but uh, their orientation into becoming a Jedi—that's that's the phrase I'll use with it. But that's season five, episodes six, seven, eight, and nine, and then probably the most and probably the most fun time that I had with Star Wars was. It's a series with them focusing on Ahsoka and Anakin's relationship, and that is season five, episodes 17, 18, 19, 20. And then if you're looking to figure out why Order 66, right? That's yep. the order. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why Order 66 was such an important thing, Star, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars animated series goes into that. It's got all the answers you want. Why why aren't you watching it, you Star Wars fan? You should be watching this if you want to know just as much as I do. Yep. I I've ascended because of this series. <laughs> you you want to know something about Star Wars? I got it. You want to know why Dathomir is so important? Watch this series. Yep. Um Order 66 happens around the final season of the background origins as to why this happened is season six, episode 10, 11, 12, and 13. And if me not mentioning all these episodes in the beginning is not enough for you, just if you're looking for a starting point, start at season three. I'll, no, start at season two. Just skip okay. the first season. Uh, the, the only thing I think this series does bad, and it's because... I, I look at Yoda as like a wise person who doesn't do all these acrobatic flips with a lightsaber like he did in episode three mm-hmm. uh, in the animated series. Yoda is a lightsaber flipping uh, guy, and I, I'm just not the biggest fan of that. I wish he was kind of like how he was in the original, where it just seems like he's this old guy who's super powerful with the force. That is right that is one thing that the maybe the series does wrong but you want to learn about more about mace windu it's in this series anakin in this series ahsoka in the series obi-wan especially obi-wan in the series and everybody loves obi-wan because he's the jesus of our time yes he is so i i don't know what else i can say (laughs) and i'm sitting in my seat gripping Mm -hmm. the arms of my chair (laughs) why the people you got to watch this series if you're a star wars fan I, I understand that it's dated in a lot of ways, but the new season is pretty good. I won't say it's the best, but it's take this time in the quarantine. If you're a Star Wars fan to learn more about the history of Star Wars, I've read the books or at least some of them. I've now watched this series. Uh, I'm I am for all intensive purposes and I am I'm the Star Wars expert. I am George Lucas. At the end of this, you become George Lucas. Yep. And if that's not enough of a reason to watch this then you're not a Star Wars fan. Plus the episodes are short, right? Yeah, they're only about 23 minutes. You can get through the entire... I want to say the best like the best portion of it is the season with Death Watch and the season with... I'm trying to look at it. With Darth Maul. Because both of those kind of interject in a way. And I know it's about a three seasons gap. But it's... It's an excellent show. It, it really is. And uh, I think more people should be talking about it. It came out in 2007, so not a lot of people cared at the time, I think. But 
There's no it's better all, time right now than to watch it. It's always been talked about as a very good series. It's just something that didn't ever catch on mainstream because Star Wars, you can everybody can watch Star Wars, the movies, because, you know, they're it's a sci fi movie. It's a little bit harder of an ask to get the general public to watch a cartoon because they're going to think it's a kid show. Um, and it's definitely not. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, instead of watching in quarantine, instead of watching The Office for the 15th time, like I do, you could just watch something new and get a lot out of it. Yeah. And maybe maybe now that I tell now that once I tweet this picture out and and maybe you yourself go and look at some of the episodes, maybe you'll have an opinion on this, too. Yeah. But I've. Star Wars The Clone Wars is an excellent way to, to just waste some time once you finish Tiger King, I guess. Yeah. Just go straight from Tiger King into Star Wars. Yeah. Why not? Nothing wrong with that. That'll that'll take about a week out of out of your quarantine. All right. I'm sorry I went on a rant. You go <laughs> ahead. I'm I, I'm, I'm physically exhausted. <laughs> physically. Uh, I, the only things I really watched this week movie-wise is uh, I watched the Trolls World Tour, which is, you know, as a family movie is pretty good. So definitely check that out. Not a whole lot to say about it. It's a trolls movie. There's a lot of singing and it's pretty funny. And I also watched the call of the wild, which I had been putting off because the CGI dog was bothering me so much. <laughs> <laughs> and after having watched the movie, the movie itself is, is a good movie. It's entertaining. I know why they did the CGI dog because they put a lot of character and emotion into the dog and you know we're coming off of the lion king where all the animals were cgi and that's kind of the way that disney has been going but for as good as the movie is it would have worked 10 times better with an actual dog i know you would have would not have been able to do as much with the movie with an actual with actual animals because every animal in that movie is cgi okay but the, the part that was i guess bothering me was there's a ton of animals in this movie that are all CGI. There's multiple dogs, there's wolves, there's bears, all that kind of stuff. And they all look fantastic, like spot on. There's there's certain shots in this movie where you cannot tell that they're CGI. The problem is, is they made Buck, the main character, the dog, they made yeah. his eyes bigger to show expression, right? Like the Disney eyes that they do in their animated stuff. Yeah, anime eyes. I got you. Yeah. And it just, if they would not have done that, they could have still shown expression and he would have looked better. So there's times when, you know, if Buck is not in the frame for the movie and it's just these other animals, you cannot tell that they're CGI. But as soon as he's sitting there next to them, it just throws it off because how out of place he looks. Um, but that being said, the movie itself is is a very good movie, so I would definitely say watch it. But this would be a buy for me if they would not have done the eye thing. So just as a side note there, definitely watch it. This is a rent. Um, it's going to bother you like it bothered me with the CGI, but it after a while you just kind of block it out and enjoy the movie. But that's all I had. Yeah, one thing I'll say that I didn't get to say when you were going on, it was um, the Trolls movies always have really good music. Mm-hmm. Uh I've I've never seen any of the Trolls movies because the Trolls don't interest me very much. But right. uh, Justin Timberlake puts out some bangers. He does. And uh, uh, he he, uh, you know what? I'm not going to say the song because he doesn't need free publicity from me. He already gets. He, he needs to publicize this podcast. Is what yes, he, he does. Yeah. What are you doing, so, Justin? 
yeah justin i know you were just on hot ones uh if i'll i'll t- we'll talk to our people and we'll try to get yeah. you on the podcast there uh, we go yeah it's it should be pretty easy it should just be another day in the life of me <laughs> getting that that's true but that's all i have i i don't know if you can hear in the background but there is a local fire truck coming up to my house with an easter bunny on top so if you hear that i'm sorry <laughs> well what what we'll do is and i can hear it a little bit too uh, yeah. we'll go ahead and wrap up the podcast here just uh just so we don't get all of the police sirens and thinking you're being raided by swat <laughs> or something like yep. that so uh thanks again everybody for listening to the podcast uh this is definitely one of our longer ones but i had a lot of fun doing this one just because we took more of a deep dive into final fantasy took more of a deep dive into star wars the clones clone wars animated series uh if you like the, if you like it go ahead and share the podcast as i mentioned before you aren't allowed to look at my list of episodes until you do so correct and tweet at me at high sensitivity uh that's the account i run for our podcast if you guys have any questions and if even if it's about the star wars clone wars animated series go ahead and just ask me i'd uh, i'd love to get into a conversation about that series as you guys can probably tell because i was so passionate about the series itself and if you guys have any questions or hypotheticals for me and craig to go over email us at high sensitivity gaming at gmail.com we are available on anchor and spotify and i hope by the end of this i can say we're finally available on apple i have not gotten the email yet saying that we are everybody everybody cross your fingers we should be fine uh me me craig and i keep this pg rated pg podcast here (laughs) for now kids uh but one of these days uh, one of these days i'll drop an f-bomb maybe it's next year we'll see what happens the right game will come out that or movie that we're angry about and then we'll just will not be a kid-friendly podcast anymore I'll I'll call it out right now. If Bethesda releases Fallout seventy seven and it's the same thing as Fallout seventy six, kids, you don't want to listen to that. Nobody nope. wants to listen to me go on about that game. Nope. So, uh, again, share it, and we really hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. We really enjoy making it, uh, and you guys have yourselves a good one. We'll see yep. you next time. Later on. <laughs>